But we are back and better than ever, and we're ready to cover all things morbid, mystical, and monstrous. If it goes bump in the night, we want to talk about it. Woo! Yeah, we do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we'd also really appreciate if you guys subscribe, rate, and review this podcast to help us grow. You know, all that good podcast stuff. Yes. And if you're new to the show, well, I'll explain how we run things a little bit. Please do. So we release three episode series that are based on various horror-related themes. So our first one was on serial killers. We hope you guys liked that. And now we're doing found footage and the lore behind it. So out of the series, the first episode is going to be based off of a film discussion or something fictional. The second episode will be a discussion on real-life happenings that relate to the theme. And then the third is a guessing game where both Ethan and I are going to share different stories in a kind of vague way. And we're going to try and guess if it was real or not, fact or fiction. And if you win, you get a million podcast dollars. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, so... This is episode two, but before we get into it, Ethan, how have you been? I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. I know. I've been good. I've been good. Um, I've been prepping, working on my YouTube channel. So if you guys don't know, I have my own YouTube um, channel called Fear Collective, where I review and analyze horror movies. And collects the fears. I collect all the fears. And (laughs) (laughs) so I've been just like working on that. Um, I just watched Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978. Oh, I feel like I've heard of that, but I definitely have never seen that. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like a movie that has is a huge part of like the modern lexicon, but I just have never sat down with it. Um, but it's got Jeff Goldblum, like a very young Jeff Goldblum. Who is and that? The name is ringing a bell, but the face is not. Uh, Jurassic Park. The oh, guy the who hat? wears all black. Mm-mm. He wears oh. all black. Oh, like chic. Yeah, okay. like kind of quirky, funky guy. Interesting. So he's in there. Um, a really young Donald Sutherland from The Hunger Games. No. Uh, who is it? <laughs> <laughs> what character? He, I think he's president. The president Snow. The old man. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. So he's really young. Is but it's... Peta in it? No, I oh. wish. I wonder what happened to him. I haven't seen that actor in like forever. Yeah, since Hunger Games. I don't think I have either. That kind of sucks because Jennifer Lawrence, like, her queer skyrocketed <laughs> and poor PETA off on the side. Yeah. Well, um, what have you watched recently? Um, last Wrestling. episode I said. <laughs> yeah. Last episode I watched Jaws because of your list. So thank you for putting that together for us. Yeah. And a fun fact, my husband was listening to that episode and he's like, babe, you know Bruce is the Jaw shark, right? And I was like, oh, my God. No, I didn't know that. I was doing Bruce like Finding Nemo Bruce, but really the Josh shark is named Bruce. So. I actually had no idea either, so oh, well. uh, that's okay. We'll Learn something. <laughs> really, really late to the party together. Yeah. It's fine. Uh-huh. Yeah, but have been watching a bunch of wrestling. Today I'm actually going to a, a wrestling show in L.A., like a bunch of death matches, which is ultra exciting. Cool. Love that. This is going to be like the first death matches that Spencer and I have been to what bust uh, some skulls yeah what constitutes a death match exactly so 
they fight each other to the death. Someone dies. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh. Ethan's face was like, oh my god, <laughs> so shocked. No, Jeez. they use like weapons, and like I think the object of the game is get bloody. So like they'll use fluorescent light bulbs and like hit each other with them, and they like bust and throw each other into like barbed wire tables or like glass panes or onto a bed of thumbtacks. Oh, all kinds of stuff for like bash skewers into your forehead or like there's one guy he uses a pizza cutter to like oh yes <laughs> yes and it was so funny he just was on tv last week or a week and a half ago or so mm-hmm. um which was like big because he was on this other promotion aw and then he came out and that's like a big crossover because he's not on tv he's just like part of the indie scene and he came out and he was fighting chris jericho and that's like a big known wrestler and so he pulled out his pizza cutter, and then this promotion likes to go into picture in picture. Where we'll still show you the matches, but like they gotta do their commercials. Mm-hmm. And the first commercial that they show is a Domino's commercial yeah. while he's like <laughs> using the pizza cutter on Chris Jericho's forehead. Oh my God. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna see that tonight. I'm really, <laughs> really excited. I love that for yes. you guys. It's That's kicking awesome. off like the. I don't know. The end of 2021 is going to be so fun. We have so much things, so many things planned. Like cool. every weekend here on out, it's like boom, 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 another event. So looking forward to it. Love it's like that. starting the summer now. Yeah, a little late, a little <laughs> late, but hey, you're still getting to it. It's been a couple weird years. Yeah. So we can do whatever we want. <laughs> literally, literally. Yes. Cool. Well, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, we like to kick things off with something a little spooky. So, Lindsay, what do you got for me? Yeah, so I actually did go on a summer vacation, so my summer's not starting today. (laughs) (laughs) But I went to Arkansas to go visit my family in the south, but that's actually not what I wanted to talk about yet. My sister, (laughs) she went to the (laughs) south. She's she got wrestling to. on the brain. Yeah, I'm all over the place Someone's now. used the pizza cutter on her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my sister, she went to New Orleans. She got to go on a trip, and um, she brought me back a voodoo doll, which I was super excited Ooh. about. Yeah, it's really, really cute. Okay. She's got, like, yarn hair and little button eyes. One's red, one's yellow. A little white heart stitch on top of her, and she's got... A little bag, which I learned what that is, the called Grigri. I'll get into that later. Okay, cool. But yeah, so let me see. Are you scared of her? I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize that voodoo dolls were like a gift that you give. But tell me more about them. You thought they were for like harm? Yeah. Like you make it right? cause havoc? Yeah. Nope, that's oh. wrong. Okay. <laughs> that is wrong. That is what Hollywood has taught us. School me. Yes. So voodoo is actually just like a religion, like any other type of religion. You know, it's something that they worship and that they follow. So voodoo is all about like healing, well-being, health, all that types of stuff. It came over from Africa and the western coast of Africa. And when enslaved Africans got brought into America, they were forced to like get rid of all of their belongings and things. And the only thing that they really had left to hold on to was their religion that the western that the states were used to seeing so they were like what the hell is that they must be doing something evil dark-sided yeah so they would get um like in trouble for that 
Right. What's further than in trouble? I'm losing the words. I still got killed? wrestling brain. <laughs> they would be killed. <laughs> I mean, realistically, right? That's yeah, so sad. persecuted. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. So they were charged with like cannibalism, murder, devil worship, which uh, not, it's none of that. None mm. of that at all. You know, okay. And which is that just had like a whole negative effect on voodoo from there on out. Mm-hmm. But fun fact, while voodoo does include like animal sacrifice, that is also included in a bunch of other religions, too. You know, so it's like it's not anything weird. It was yeah. just different than what the people of those times were used to seeing. So because they were doing that in ancient Egypt and stuff, too, I thought. Yeah, they do that all, all kinds of places across the world. That's my Friday you night. Know? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so. Well, look, you're over here bashing like fluorescent lights on foreheads and <laughs> yeah, shoving thumbtacks yes. out of nowhere. So. <laughs> Sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. So voodoo is just really like in, unlike any other religion that okay. the people of the States had seen. Okay. And so then it was frowned upon because it was so different and misunderstood. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it was mostly for healing and for health and well-being, all that stuff. So in voodoo, the object is to reach a, a deity or like an, a god, and they do that through spirits or effigies. So like they have some type of ritual to get in contact with the spirit that they're trying to go into or like tune into. Okay. And those are called loas. So that's similar to Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And they're saints. People will pray to St. Andrew or pray to St. Peter. And in voodoo, you pray to the loa to reach. So like Catholicism, you pray to the saint to reach God. Mm-hmm. In voodoo, you pray to the loa to reach the God that you're trying to get in contact with. And then is that where the voodoo doll comes in? Like, do you use that to channel the spirit? Yes. Of that loa? Yes. Okay. So... Voodoo dolls are not used as much as another item called Grigri, mm. which Grigi, Grigri's are like a little charm or a talisman that are used to like ward off evil. So it's mostly um, like a little bag of herbs or stones or holy items, and it's kind of like a little recipe specific for its intention. So whatever you're trying to use it for, you would use different things within it. Um but going back to the voodoo dolls, so yeah, that's what I think is on this little voodoo doll. Okay, See, yeah, the little, little baggy. Yeah, I didn't know what that was before until I started looking it up. But cute. Yeah, cute. Awesome. So then, where do you? So where do you have the voodoo doll now? Do you like take it with you, like when you're doing something big, or? I mean, if you want to, you could take it with you. But in voodoo, <laughs> the dolls are just used as like another item to reach the spirit. And they're not really prominent as all. That's just totally westernized Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So they're not used to like cause harm or curse them or Hmm. anything like that. They're really supposed to represent the likeness of someone. So like the God that you're trying to reach to. Mm -hmm. And you communicate with that spirit through the doll. So it's kind of like a telephone. But you can't just like do it. You have to create like a spiritual link between the doll and between the spirit that you're trying to reach to and that's how it works and would you would you want to like consult someone like a i don't know is there like a voodoo specialist or i don't know yeah so usually it's like the voodoo practitioner that would create that connection for you like i'm not going to go and create this connection okay cool yeah so but i learned that like 
the colors of the voodoo dolls represent different things. So mm. I was like, oh. And that's yours really is nice. purple, right? I'd say oh. that's like navy. Yeah. Blue. Okay. Yeah. So blue represents love and peace. So I was like, oh. Oh, thanks, Leslie. <laughs> yes. Green represents wealth, money, fertility, growth. Yellow represents success and confidence. Red is love, attraction, power. White is positivity, purification, healing. And purple is like wisdom or like psychic exploration. So it's kind of um, synonymous with auras and chakras and those types of color intentions. Which is like also very much your vibe. Yeah. Love it. Yes. And so then actually the pins, they're not used to like break someone's elbow if you push the pin into the elbow. Mm -hmm. That's really used to like emphasize the intention or like pinpoint, exclamation point, you know, the intention. And whatever color the pin is, that's also like what you're touching on too. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh. I love that you're just like a voodoo expert now. This is so cool. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I learned a lot about it. And so I think the whole thing when people also get mixed up with voodoo oh it's black magic it's this Mm -hmm. they might be confusing it with something called juju voodoo juju yeah because i've heard heard of that yeah Uh like bad juju yes okay so what is that that's directly like literal black magic for harm wow yeah so like the hollywood sense of voodoo is a type of juju okay yeah they're not the same well some voodoo practitioners do use voodoo for harm but that's not the magic's doing that is the that voodoo practitioner for choosing to be bad right 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 so so it's not karma. like it's not like the actual religion is bad it's just that some people choose to use it in a bad way yes mm-hmm. okay yeah which is the same as every every religion yeah. basically that's just humanity Womp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah not to be a downer or anything but <laughs> yeah so i was really happy when my sister brought me this yeah it's so awesome it's for a dream journey and i don't know i just really like it and i really like that she gave it to me she gave it to me at like the start of this podcast so yeah maybe this podcast will go somewhere yes she's cute i'll post a picture of her on the instagram page so you guys can see her in all of her voodoo glory. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. But I will be creeped if I wake up in the middle of the night and she's like standing up looking at me. Look, well, you already have creepy ass <sighs> dolls in your house. So. <laughs> yes, the porcelain doll looking at us in the corner. There's a colonial <laughs> era. Yeah, what is her outfit? <laughs> porcelain doll. Yes. Just um, chilling. <laughs> she's a, a predator. Protector, not predator, protector. <laughs> <laughs> and you said you found her where? Um, my mother-in-law's old boss's mom passed away and she collected those. Oh, okay. And so we were able to go to the house and like help clean it up and stuff. And I don't know why that doll is just speaking to me. Wow. And so I just, and I didn't feel like I could put her in the trunk. I put her in the back seat and like put the seatbelt on her. Mm-hmm. And she was in my car, really bad parenting, for like over a week in the seatbelt. Oh. And I like drove around <laughs> everywhere, drove to Camarillo to go get my teeth cleaned, all that stuff. And her head, I think, just naturally tilts to one side. And when I showed my cousin her, she like snatched her head towards the window to like look at her face. Oh, it moved. Yeah, Brianna moved the head to, oh, okay, towards okay. the window to look at the face, and that's how it was. And then I drove home like nothing. Mm-hmm. And the next day, I went and got in my car, and the head was turned back. 
Stop. Towards my direction. So it's like, I got to look at my mom. Oh. (laughs) I think she just naturally turns to the left. Or she's haunted and possessed. Either one. Whichever. Whichever way you see fit. (laughs) Um, Can I just take a quick break and tell you what happened last night? Because that reminded me like some paranormal (laughs) shit happened. Yeah, always. Um, This is the time and place right now. (laughs) So I'm in bed. Uh, My boyfriend Arturo is getting ready for bed. And he's like standing next to the bed talking to me. And he starts freaking out like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Uh, He says... What time was this at? This was at like 10.30 at night. (laughs) Like the lights were off in the bedroom. I was about to fall asleep. And he's like, I just literally saw our bedside nightstand open Ew. and he starts like laughing because the like, one that's right by the door or it's on your side by the window we both have a uh, bedside nightstands mm-hmm. and uh yeah he, he said that he like literally witnessed it open and so i went and i touched it and i like saw if maybe it could just like slide open mm-hmm. on its own no girl that shit is ikea what? and that shit was closed what? so yeah he said that he just full-on witnessed it like slide open yeah, but so did it shut or did you no, shut it? No, yeah, I I shut it, <gasps> but <laughs> <laughs> I know it was it was it was interesting, and I have more stories about my haunted ass house, but I'll save those for maybe its own episode. Yeah, next time. But yeah. oh my god! So if let's actually pivot a bit, going from Louisiana, pivot. I want to take things back to Korea. Uh, to discuss the real-life location of the Ganjam Psychiatric Hospital. I hope it's as scary as your house. Um, spoiler alert, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last episode, we talked about Ganjam Haunted Asylum. It's the found footage film based on a real-life location. And so I wanted to look up how haunted the hospital's past really was how haunted is it um okay so ganjam psychiatric hospital is located in gwangju sea south korea and according to um atlas obscura it operated between the years of 1992 and 1996 um however i did see different operating dates on different websites so i can't really distinguish what's what Mm. um and that's true of a lot of the information surrounding that place um it being located in south korea um it's just a little bit hard to lock down definitive answers about it but i think that kind of just makes it a little bit more mystical yeah yeah so um from what i understand it wasn't actually believed to be haunted when it was in operation, but there are a couple legends surrounding the hospital um, and the reason why it closed down. Hmm. So that first legend is that the hospital director. <laughs> Things go bump in the night. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> the hospital director. <laughs> <laughs> okay so the first legend is that the hospital director he actually committed suicide after becoming possessed by a ghost Ooh. as one does the landlord fled following the director's suicide leaving all of the hospital patients uh to die alone essentially in the hospital and i'm out of here yeah how mean is that yeah. right like they're literally there to like get help and what then, a dick 
Um, so apparently they all passed and they are the ones who haunted that location. I would be haunting that landlord wherever he is. Yeah, like, literally. Bitch. Um, the second legend is that the hospital director was a drug addict who would murder the patients by hanging them in room 206. <laughs> um, I don't know why, but apparently he just like got off on that sort of thing. But room 206 was believed to remain locked as the only locked door in the entire hospital. And if you remember, in Ganjam Haunted Asylum, there was a room that did have a, a locked door. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if that was based on this second legend or if this legend came after the movie. But yeah, that's what it is. <clears throat> Apparently, though, in this legend, that hospital director who would murder everyone, he's still alive. He just left the hospital mm. after, after killing people. And then he's just out there in South Korea. That's spooky. Very spooky. I realized I giggled when he said that he would murder patients, but I giggled because he murdered them by not medical ways in this, like, hospital. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't laugh because it was funny. I laughed because, like, I don't know. I get you. I get you. <laughs> you know? I like, feel like as a, as, as a hospital director, there's more creative ways. Yeah, you have all, which I'm not condoning that, but, like, really, bro? <laughs> At least he's a what? scalpel. Come on. Yeah. Well, anyways. Okay, so after the <laughs> hospital was closed down, people in Ganjam would report hearing cries coming from inside the hospital late at night. Um, the hospital owner ended up suing the production company um, once the movie was uh, began production because he didn't want the movie to get released, believing that it would bring negative attention to his property. Which Well, I mean, there was already a bunch of a uh, negative attention on it. Yeah, heck? like the cat's kind of out of the bag at that yeah. point. Um, but I also did hear uh, what seems to be what really happened to the hospital, and that was just, like, sewage problems. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, like, prevalent sewage problems. Shit um, happens. Shit literally <laughs> happened, and they had to close down the hospital because, I guess, it was just too expensive to fix. Or you got to be proactive about those situations. I mean, you can't let plumbing go. Yeah. And your money's going to go down the drain. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, one shit led to another and the hospital was demolished in 2018. So you can't even go see it anymore. Aw. But so, bummer. yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of like not like the most exciting story. Um, There's a little bit of lore behind it, but a little bit of lore. The movie was so good that I was like, oh, the real thing's got to be so good, too. But I guess not. shit happens. Yeah. So shit happens. But um, unlike Ganjam, there is some really interesting lore surrounding the Blair Witch Project, which mm. is the other found footage film that we talked about in last episode. So, do you want to know about it? Yeah. All right. Duh. Cool. So, um, because the settle- more I think about that movie, sorry to cut you off. The more I think about that movie, the more I'm like, ooh. I'm so happy that you're getting into it now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like the Blair Witch Project, I've said it before, is my favorite horror movie for so many reasons. Um. But you, when you first saw it, you kind of like weren't feeling it as much, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I just sat you down and like forced your eyelids open and A didn't let you blink. World. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So let me, let me, I'm interested to hear your opinion of this lore. So 
Um, let's take it back to 1634. This is when the Fort of Blair was established as a um, military fort in defense against Native Americans that were native to the land. Mm. Um, an Irish woman by the name of Ellie Kedward immigrated to the area in 1769. And apparently she has a really rough history. Her mother died of ch- during child's birth, and she actually watched her father get tortured and killed um, for reasons unknown. She was then raped and beaten and um, exiled from the community. Um, this is when she met a hermit who taught her the ins and outs of the occult and witchcraft. Mm. She tried and failed to have children she lost seven children um through miscarriages and then she immigrated to the u.s i'm guessing in in search of a better life happened over there okay yes 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 so fast forward to winter of 1785 um this is what like 15 years after she got to blair yeah um, and she was accused of witchcraft by local children. Um, apparently she was trying to take their blood for some sort of like... The blood drive? <laughs> yeah, she was um, a big proponent of the Red Cross. <laughs> um, no, so she was like trying to like help them with some sort of like protection spell or something similar but this was around the time of the salem Mm. witch trials and Mm. that shit would not fly yep so Mm -hmm. she was banished into the winter um some reports say that she was actually tied to a tree and left to die this was in the black hills forest that surrounded that uh township of blair oh shortly after that um all of her accusers and more children from the town of Blair started disappearing. And of course, everyone thought that it was the curse of Ellie Kedward. And so they actually abandoned the entire town and it was left desolate and alone. Just like Ganjam's landlords, they all just left. Yeah, so rude, right? So can't even face their own problems. (laughs) Jeez. So the town sat empty until 1823 when a railway worker... That was really hard to say. Railway worker (laughs) got lost in the woods and he happened upon the abandoned town of Blair. He just knew somebody that was like some sort of like developer, town developer. (laughs) City founder. City founder uh, by trade. And his name was Burkett and uh, he brought him in and they founded the town of what's now Burkittsville, Maryland. And so... Uh, Burkittsville is a real city in Maryland. You can visit it. Um, but the lore of Ellie Kedward and the curse that she put on the town of Blair um, kind of manifested into what's now the lore of the Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1825, there was a wheat harvest picnic within Burkittsville when 10-year-old Eileen Treacle uh, was found, not found, was seen uh drowning in tappy east creek so some reports say that they saw a pale hand reach out of the water and pull her in but what's trippy about this is that the water of tappy east creek was only six inches deep which you know you can drown in that but they never found her body Mm. so after uh eileen treacle kind of 
dies goes missing someone drinks from the creek and he dies and then the creek bed was found clogged with oily bundles of sticks gross okay so eileen treacle the the bundles of sticks that's all 1825 fast forward to 1886 robin weaver she's a young girl she goes missing um she actually ended up returning to the town um a few days later and she reported that she met a woman in the woods whose feet never touched the ground Mm, they're um, levitating yeah while she was uh missing a rescue party was sent out to find her um but they they totally failed and they got lost themselves they never came back so they lost the map yeah literally a (laughs) second search party was dispatched to find that first search party and they did find them they were all um naked and tied up symbols were carved into their foreheads hands and feet with the pizza cutter probably (laughs) they had thumbtacks sticking out of them dang and they were disemboweled and this was all at coffin rock which is also a legend that's referenced in the movie a real death match yeah, <laughs> oh, Marilyn gosh. style. So this story um, just keeps getting spookier and spookier. Yeah, this is like a very thorough lore. So I don't know who wrote all of this. I don't know if it's like fan fiction. It's like it's real. But I'm here for it. Um, so the Blair Witch, she was blamed for it, obviously. Um, Burkittsville kind of moved on until 1940 when eight children went missing um, mm. over the course of six months. So people started to suspect a hermit. His name was Rustin Parr. He had a house out in the woods, and he would periodically come into town to get supplies, etc. One day he came in, and he said he was finally finished. Um, The cops were sent out to his residence to figure out what the fuck he was talking about, and they found seven bodies of the missing kids in his cellar, and then one additional kid who was found unharmed. So essentially what um, Rustin Parr admitted to and what Kyle Brody, that's the kid who was found, um, what they what they said happened was uh, he would lure kids into his house with candy. He would make one stand in the corner while he disemboweled the other. And then he would grab that one from the corner and then disembowel them as well. He said that he did this because he was being haunted in his dreams by an old woman who wore a long black hooded cloak and she would just like whisper commands to him and told him that if he wouldn't follow through she would never leave him alone he was convicted rustin parr was convicted of seven counts of murder and then he was hanged and they actually burned down his house um the little boy he was put into an insane asylum and he ended up committing suicide in 1971 he slit his wrist with a wooden spoon People speculated that Brody had something to do with the kidnappings because he knew all of the kids who were kidnapped. So maybe he was used as kind of like a a means to get the kids to feel comfortable to go out into the woods. Hmm. Um, But he would also end up drawing occult symbols while he was placed in the asylum. Um, Fast forward, it's 1994. Three college students go to Burkittsville, Maryland to investigate this mythology and see if they can find anything in the Black Hills Forest. Are their names Heather, Mike, and Josh? How did you know? Oh my god. So they go she missing. Whispered it to me. They were never <laughs> they were never seen again. And um their footage was found 
a year later. But oh. what's weird about this is that their footage was found in a duffel bag underneath the foundation of a colonial era home that was recovered during an excavation um, being done by the University of Maryland. The heck? So the professor of that class said that it was essentially impossible for that bag to be there because the house's foundation was undisturbed. Um, so it's a mystery if that was Rustin Parr's house or really how that bag got there at all. Um, the family uh, was only given some of the footage. The police withheld the uh, the rest of it from the family, which kind of pissed them off. Eventually, they got all of the footage, and then they took it to a film studio so the film studio can piece it all together, and that's what became the Blair Witch Project. Dang. So... Mm. Yeah, I always wondered, like, at the beginning, it shows you, like, the little word clip, the preface or preface. Like, mm-hmm. This footage was found. I was like, well, where did they find it? Yeah, apparently, apparently underneath a house. How do you find the footage, but not anything else? But I guess that makes sense. But it doesn't make sense that it was underneath this, like, undisturbed land yeah. foundation. Like, Old-ass house. What the hell? Mm-hmm. That's so, creepy. Really, really creepy. I love all of this because the Blair Witch Project, it really doesn't show you a whole lot. Yeah. But something about, like, an old lady witch in the woods. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm, girl. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I'll pass. Right. So that is all sort of kind of fictional lore surrounding found footage. But there's also real life found footage that has its own kind of story. Yeah. Surrounding it. Yeah. Which I didn't know about that. I just always thought found footage was for movies. But looking into research and finding found some cases that like stuff really has been found. Okay. What do you got? Have you ever heard of the Grizzly Man? No. What is the Grizzly Man? So Grizzly Man, that is actually a documentary about a man named Timothy Treadwell who spent 13 summers in Alaska. And take a guess at what he did. What did the Grizzly Man do? He was like fascinated with grizzly bears and how they lived in nature. And like he felt that he had like a calling to live amongst them, study them, bring awareness to them. And so he spent 13 summers of his life video recording everything. Well, not a full 13. He lived out there for 13, and he only recorded for five years out there. But he just recorded every single moment of every single day with grizzly bears, with foxes, like other things in nature. The documentary is really, really good. It shows a bunch of his clips through it, and he gets really close to a bunch of grizzly bears and He'll say, like, look how beautiful they are. They're so majestic. No, you stay back. You stay back. Because yeah. the grizzly bear is, like, coming closer to Actually him. Actually trying know? to be a grizzly bear. Yeah. <laughs> and he does say, like, the grizzly bears could easily turn on you and kill you and yada, yada, yada. And he said that, like, multiple times throughout his footage. And it turns out that that actually is what happens to him. No. Yeah. He has a grizzly ending. What? <laughs> Wait, what happened? <laughs> yes, yeah, so it was towards the end of his um, season, because he's only out there for the summers. His pilot was supposed to come and pick him up, him and his girlfriend. His girlfriend was out there, too. But um, the pilot came, and him and his girlfriend, Amy, were not at the meetup spot where they were supposed to be, which was weird because they were always very punctual and just always there. Mm-hmm. And so this time when he wasn't, the pilot was like, okay, well, I guess I could just, like, 
fly around and look for them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he does not find them from the sky. Instead, he sees a huge bear, and he's able to see close enough that the bear is eating a human rib cage. Oh, no. I guess th- there's not many things in the forest that look like a human rib cage, you know? So I guess that's pretty identifiable. Yeah. yeah. So the pilot was like, what the fuck? And so he tried to, like, fly an airplane closer to, like, try and scare the grizzly bear away to, like, stop. Mm-hmm. But the bear, I think, was just in a panic because bears were about to go into, like, hibernation mode, you know? So they're mm-hmm. trying to eat as much as possible. So he's just scarfing it down. Yeah, so he just started eating it faster and faster whenever he'd fly by. And so he's like, I can't do this by myself. I got to go get backup. So he calls the rangers and has backup now. And they arrive a couple hours later. And they come up on Timothy and Amy's campsite. So they find two tents that were both collapsed and torn. But there wasn't really evidence that the bear had like pulled them out of the tent or anything like that. In front of one of the main tents was like a large mound of mud, grass, and sticks. Mm. Bundle of sticks again. Yeah. Some Blair Witch crossover. Yeah. But there was fingers on an arm protruding from this pile. Oh. Not mystery Yikes. That reminds items. me of um, Midsummer when the foot's just like sticking out of the ground. Just oh, all... yeah. <laughs> well, those body parts turned out to be Amy's. Oh, like, well, how do you even react to something like that? Like just... Jaw dropped? I don't know. Oy. Yeah. So close by, the rangers were able to find what was left of Timothy himself. His head was connected to a small piece of his spine, and he had this, like, frozen grimace on his face, which is horrible. He mm-hmm. just, like, his pain and agony that he was going through was just, like, frozen in time yeah Ugh. his right arm was nearby and it still had his wristwatch attached to it so oh, his arm just got like ripped off Jesus. gross but here's where the found footage comes in they were able to find video and still camera equipment in the tent because timothy was filming all this stuff but in one of the duffel bags of equipment somehow one of the cameras got turned on in the midst of all this chaos Mm -hmm. and audio was captured video wasn't captured because it was still in the bag Mm -hmm. but this audio clip is really horrific and it captures the whole attack on sound jesus i know um the clip will never ever be released to the public it's with um someone who's with timothy's family just because it's so gruesome and sad and yeah that's literally someone's life like ending yeah it's horrible and um, there's some people online that have created like fake ones and say that it's it, but they're not, they're not the real deal. You won't be able to hear that. Okay. But that's, that's totally fine. <laughs> there's like transcripts of what was heard. Okay. Descriptions of it. So I'll read a little bit about that. Okay. So the first sounds from the tape are from Amy. She sounds surprised as if she, and asks if it's still out there. The next voice is from Timothy as he screams, get out here, I'm getting killed out here. And the sound of the tent zipper is heard and the tent flapping open. Then Amy is heard screaming over the background sounds of a storm, all with the bear and Tim fighting, just like wrestling. Wrestling. Deathmatch style. Ah. And she's yelling at Tim to play dead, play dead. Seconds pass before she's saying, play dead, like begging him to play dead. Oh. So that seems to work, and maybe Amy's yelling and screaming, like, scares the bear off a little bit, too. 
The bear breaks off the attack, and a short conversation ensues between Amy and Tim as they try to determine if the bear is really gone or not. During this time, they think that Amy went over to help Timothy because she had some medical background with her, but the bear comes back and she's forced to back off. Tim is clearly heard clearly heard screaming and yelling that playing dead isn't working and starts begging her to like hit the bear, hit the bear. So they're on to like plan C now. The storm that's happening causes the sounds to become a little bit muffled, but you can clear- clearly hear Amy yelling, fight back. And she's heard screaming, stop, go away. And she's like yelling at the bear now, like probably, Ugh! which I think I've heard that before. Like if a bear is confronting you, you, you need get to big. get big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's what she's trying to do in this situation. Um, but she grabs a frying pan instead and you can hear the frying pan being used to beat the top of the bear's head and the sound of Tim moaning. Oh. So they think that this point in the attack, the bear let go of Tim's head, which the bear had in its mouth. They could tell that from like the autopsy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Tim is heard saying, Amy, get away, get away, go away. So he's like trying to save her in this horrible time. And she's trying to save him. Yes. Um, the audio portion of the video is six minutes long and Tim's cries and pleadings can be heard for over two thirds of that time. So it's like really drawn out horrible struggle and not it just fast. like it didn't need to happen like they didn't need to be actually living with bears yeah but like, it is like why did it happen them. all of a sudden after 13 years you know i don't know i mean i think it, it's probably because i don't think i think grizzly bears are probably a, like humans are not their main diet right like, no they're, they're not. probably afraid of someone uh, a human um but after 13 years, like, they maybe get a little bit more comfortable. Yes. You kept going to the same spots, and so he had, like, names for the bears, and it was, like, the same bears over all these years. Yeah. You know? Horrible. But, um, so it's, like, during those two-thirds of the minute where you can hear, two-thirds of the audio where you can hear Tim's struggles, you just know that he was going through, like, the worst thing that could ever happen to him and was like desperate desperately struggling to survive and trying to save amy as well during the last moments of his life mm-hmm. you know it's like mm-hmm. he foreshadowed all this stuff happening because he would always say like the bears could turn on you the bears could turn on you and, and they did you know mm-hmm. during the whole ordeal the bear is quiet besides a few growls and grunts you can hear the bear dragging tim off because his screams fade into the distance and so that just indicates that again he's getting pulled and dragged away into the brush and the tape ends up ending with amy's high-pitched screams rising into a new level which some experts believe that that triggered either the same bear or another bear to come and kill her yikes yeah so a study was later performed on the large bear that was killed while they were looking for tim and amy Mm -hmm. um I didn't say this before, but when the rangers were looking for them, there was a few bears that were being aggressive and, like, actively approaching the rangers who were searching. And so they had to shoot them to kill them for their own safety. Mm. And they ended up taking all those bears back and studying them. And in the largest bear of that bunch, they found an amount equating to four garbage bags worth of clothes and human remains in its digestive tract and stomach. And that was the ending of what happened to timothy and amy all right well let's let's do some tarot how about that okay let's let's clear (laughs) clear your mind um so we're gonna set some really nice intentions for an awesome wrestling match for Lindsay. 
Um, so basically every episode we do a taste of tarot. Lindsay is, I would say that you're kind of like spiritually inclined or in tune with various energies, right? I don't know. How would you kind of describe yourself? Yeah, I'd say that. Intuitive. I can pick up on things that aren't said. Okay. And so for this, she started to hone in on the craft of tarot. Yeah. Um, and so the, we like to end each episode with um, a tarot reading. And this is a universal reading for all of our listeners and us in this room as well. So if everyone can please turn your intentions to this. This moment right now. This moment, this collective reading. I'm going to pull a card from the tarot deck, which she just shuffled. And then we'll see if it resonates with our current experience or also be mindful it might kind of apply to something that's in your near future. Yes, later on. It might not be relevant now, but it could be speaking to you elsewhere. All right. So I've pulled. Ethan has pulled the star, which is card number 17. The star overall represents healing, inspiration, and serenity. Love it. Love it. Very nice. Yes. Yes. So basically, the universe has your back. You can trust in yourself and the forces that are beyond you. And it's going to lend its helping hand to you whenever you need it. So trust in the universe and what it has. You've done the work. And you're ready to step into the spotlight and show off. The universe has our back. The universe has our back. I love that. Cool. Oh. So hopefully that resonates with you at home as well. If it does, um, hit us up and let us know. You can reach us on Instagram at Planet Spook. Um, send us a DM or comment and let us know if that tarot reading applies to you in any way. And you can also let us know if you have um, any ghost stories or movies that you want to hear us talk about on the air. We're yeah. definitely all ears and... Um, thinking that maybe we can put together some sort of segment with listener paranormal experiences. And stay tuned for our next episode. It's going to be the third episode in our found footage and the lore that surrounds it series. The finale. And we're each going to share a story. And we don't know if it's a story about actual found footage, like real life Grizzly Man style or a movie movie. Yeah. Yes, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Yes. Thanks for sticking around, hanging in there with us. Yes. And until then, we'll see you in the other realm. Bye. Bye. Bye.